from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Our proud partners, College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. For those of you located in the local San Antonio area, you can find them in the, at the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center, but you can also find them on social media, on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more info on what they're about and what they're doing on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest is a uh, special individual, one who I've uh, had the pleasure of working with uh, directly, personally, have learned a good bit from him. Excited to have him on where we're going to talk about a, a very, very uh, particular topic or set of topics today. He is CEO and founder of Well Performance. He is sports psychologist and performance coach, Stu Singer. Stu, how are you? I'm doing great, Hector. Thanks for having me. Hey, glad to have you here. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Glad to have you here. Excited to have you here and excited to be able to talk about th- this particular topic, right, as it relates to mindfulness, wellness, the mental health piece, which is a huge uh, in the past. There was obviously stigma and maybe it was the giant elephant in the room, what have you. But I think uh, we continue to evolve and we have a long way to go. But I think uh, but I think this is a very needed subject, I think, for for not only student athletes, but coaches uh, as well, as well as parents. So uh, we're lucky to have you here. Thank you for being here. So um, so, Stu, before we before we kind of really dive in a little bit more, just tell us tell us where you where you've been and how you got here and a little bit of your current role. Um, you know, I, I started off um, as probably most of us have where I, I was at one point. Um, an athlete long before all the gray uh, started in uh, on the chin. Um, At some point thought coaching would be uh, maybe where I wanted to head. Um, Didn't, I thought I would just be a, a, honestly, like a high school teacher and a, and a high school coach. Um, Didn't have a subject that I thought I wanted to teach that what I realized is I wanted to teach life through sports. So instead of getting, um, a degree in, in teaching, you know, a subject area, the subject area that I decided to get a master's degree in was actually counseling psychology, became a school counselor and coach, um, started coaching, loved coaching, um, but realized how much of coaching I was using, using the counseling skills that I had, you know, begun to use through, you know, through my education and then through the work that I was doing. 
And that began just a little bit of like a exploration on my end. Like I'm recognizing that this is potentially way more important. In fact, one job that I took, I started coaching uh, cross country and track and I didn't run cross country or track, never had coached it before. And, you know, I, I ended up being okay at coaching it that season. And I thought I really was not good at the, at the actual content of it because I didn't know a hell of a lot about it, but I was, I was pretty successful in getting, runners to to kind of push themselves and and be motivated and to hold themselves and each other account accountable and i realized that's really just the psychology of coaching and so it began a pursuit um i think i was annoying my wife she finally said hey man if you're going to do this let's do it go back and get your doctoral degree um which started that pursuit while i was doing that i started a small side practice just working with some high school teams and athletes um and uh it started to grow i got my degree um and it kind of took off from there and and at this point now um i work in uh, ncaa division one athletics i work at the professional level in in uh, basketball and soccer mls clients uh nwsl clients national team clients um and I, I absolutely love it. Uh, and you are right. Uh, over the, you know, a little bit over a decade of time that I've been in the field, um, it went from it was a harder conversation to have with coaches to the point now where coaches by and by understand that it, it's a value. They don't always know where to turn, but they know that it matters. And, and it's becoming a much easier conversation, which then makes it an easier conversation to have with athletes. Yeah. 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 No doubt. So one of the things I wanted to talk about are student student athletes, both at the high school collegiate level and obviously beyond as you're working with professionals, but student athletes and pressure, right? Recognizing it and, and learning to kind of flipping the script a little bit and letting them kind of getting them to understand, to recognize it and embrace it. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, one of the things that we use often is the phrase that like uh, pressure um, is a privilege. And and so if you are not experiencing some level of um, stress, you know, maybe even a bit of anxiousness, it's probably because you're living in a very comfortable space, which is OK to be living in at times. But if we really want to grow um and and pursue things we're going to have to find that space where we're not always particularly comfortable where we're already not um uh efficient at something and because of that uh you know it's it's going to feel like some pressure that's natural and it's normal i think one of the things that we have to do is to normalize that piece of player development too often i see yeah. Yeah you know, phrases about you can't have those feelings. And I would say that's false. First of all, we're not going to get away from having those feelings. We will have those feelings. Mm -hmm. If you're in a space um, and I can talk about kind of universal triggers, but if you're going to be in a space where you are not already proficient and or whatever you're doing does truly matter to you, you will feel a level of stress, potentially anxiousness. And so it's way better to, to talk about this idea of, pressure as a normal and b it's like let's go for it let's see what happens let's let's kind of enjoy the ride it's it's okay to feel that yeah yeah 
Yeah. You know, and that's, that's perfectly, you know, understanding it, recognizing it, but being okay with that. And, you know, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you talk about that. And all I'm thinking about is to, to summarize that, I think, hence the, the birth of that, one of those sayings, quotes that we've all heard, right, is, um, is get being comfortable or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? So how can that, because, um, and we can go so many directions with that, but how can that help student athletes, in this case, particularly soccer players, but how can it help them uh, beyond the pitch, right? Not just on the field, performance on the field, but, and how can they better prepare for that? Yeah, Obviously, I'm extremely biased about what I do, but I would argue that my um, world and what I do is is the only piece that actually translates to greater life. So um, you can get really, really technically skilled at the game and, you know, you become an accountant at some point and you no longer are like the skill that you develop technically no longer truly transfers, but the ability to manage um, my emotions in in pressure moments is a skill that will literally stay with you for the rest of your life if you keep practicing it. So first and foremost, that's a small plug for what I do, I guess. But um, but but I agree with you that it's for bigger purposes than just sport. Everything that I do. And in fact, I say this to the teams that I speak to. Um, if all I ever do is help you on the field or, or on the court or in the pool or wherever, you know, whatever sport that I'm working on, I've probably failed because you should be able to recognize that the same skill that you're using to manage that pressure stress is the same one that you're going to use right before a big test. Um, so, uh, things like learning how to just use, do breath work. Uh, you know, uh, as you well know, I'm big into mindfulness practice. Mindfulness practice will help you literally in everything that you do. Uh, It's a way of building your attention. It's a way of managing stress. It's a way of becoming present so that you're in whatever uh, that you're in. It's a way to become less reactive and more responsive. Um, So all those things are important in every facet of life and, and will be for literally the rest of your life. I'm curious, do you ever get the uh, do you ever get the stories with former clients who when they transition out of their athletic world, right? Do you get the testimonials where they come back and check in with you on how their experience success and applying those same tools in in their next venture? Yeah, um, absolutely and unbelievably rewarding actually when those things those are just as rewarding as some of the uh, you know the fortunate championships that I've been able to be a part of and, and, and things like that. And I have, I think, um, multiple things. One is, is that one thing that I, I see a lot and I get feedback on a lot is especially from college athletes that are no longer playing. And they're like, you know, I really, I loved the team sessions that you did. Sometimes some of them will say, I wish I participated a little bit more in the individual sessions that I could have and I didn't. And I wish I had because I realize now how important it is, but I still remember much of the things that you did in your talks. Um, And then I can say um, I have two former college uh, athletes that I worked with very closely that went on to medical school um, and both are using that. 
A, to manage the pressure for themselves going through medical school, but also it's they want to use um, in particular mindfulness as part of their overall practice because they recognize yeah. that physical health and wellness is very attached to the mental wellness. Um, and because of it, they want to actually use some of the things they learned uh, in, in their future practices. And I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that, actually. Yeah. And, you know, one thing, one thing that I also wanted to hit on and ask you about is the overwhelming and rightfully so the overwhelming emphasis is on the athletes, right? And the student athletes, but what, what can often get, <clears throat> excuse me, what can often get lost in all of this is the, the mental health capacity, the resiliency and the effects as well on the coach, right? The coaches. Um, and I think to a certain extent, it doesn't take it doesn't take kind of a, a genius, I guess, to say that you're seeing it from the standpoint of coming out of the pandemic uh, as we continue to, I guess, further ourselves coming out of it um, there. You see a lot of coaches, both at the collegiate level, a lot of a lot of turnover, right? A lot of jobs, a lot of coaches calling, uh, you know, calling it quits, deciding or, or deciding to maybe just step away, take a sabbatical, what have you. And then you're, you're kind of seeing it to a certain extent in the high school, you know, in the high school world with, you know, speaking here in Texas, and it's not limited to just soccer, but you're seeing a lot of coaches stepping down. You're seeing coaches retiring. And I think that's very important too, is not losing the focus on the person that's leading the athletes. Right. So from the coach's perspective or coaches that might be listening, what can they do from their perspective to, to kind of help take care of themselves and better develop in that process. Yeah. As you know, I feel really, really strongly about this topic. Um, you know, first and foremost, I think the way to understand this best is that when we are coaching, we are performing, right? That's our performance. If I'm on the sideline in game, or if I'm even, you know, in, in practice in, or training, I'm performing at a certain level. If I come in and I have no energy, if I, if I'm, you know, a loose cannon, if I, um, I'm, I'm one way today, but I'm a different way tomorrow, that's poor performance, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, so why would we not want to understand what puts us into our best mindset, just like we want our athletes to be in their best mindset. And I, I do think that this is misunderstood by a lot of coaches is that how they act, how they feel, how they step on the field or on the court or what have you has a massive, just their presence, the way they show up, has an impact on how not only do our players perform, but how they start to think about competition and mm -hmm. perform. And so modeling, just like we would say that good parenting sometimes is actually good modeling of, of behavior more than it is good expression of what good behavior is. Right. So is good coaching. So it's really important to think first and foremost about that. Am I taking care of me so that my mind is where I want it to be so that when the inevitable challenges hit and they will hit, 
sometimes the inevitable challenge is simply my team's not performing well or my team isn't performing well. I say something and they say something back to me. Now, in a wonderful environment, coach players, if, it does, if it's not particularly um, rude, it's okay for a coach or a player to ask a coach a question. Why, coach? Why do you want me to do that? If you're in a good space, you'll probably be able to answer that. If you're in a negative space, you may end up snapping, uh, not giving them a legitimate answer. And, be, you know, because I said so. And sometimes maybe that's the, the answer that needs needed in that moment. But often it's not. And that's going to make you a better coach if you can respond like that. And so, you know, I, I would say that everything that I do with athletes, I would do with players. But things to think about, again, I think all I think all human beings should be practicing mindfulness. Uh, we should be thinking about our sleep. We should be thinking about our recovery practices. Like, what do we do after practice to recover and separate from what we're doing? Uh, we would talk about um, uh, communication. Like, what does it mean to communicate well? Um, we would talk about our own blind spots. These are all the things that that I'm going to do with an athlete. I'm going to do uh, with a coach and. The, the really cool part is once you get a handle on you, it is so much easier to get a handle on others because now all of a sudden you see, oh, I know what's happening right now. Rather than the behavior being that just annoys me, you actually see what's behind the behavior and you know how to handle it or you know how to give advice. Right. And why do you think oftentimes the, the resistance, uh, whether it's, maybe maybe it's passive maybe but what have been some of the reasons when from the coach's perspective why they haven't dedicated because dedicating more time to taking care of you and developing you is developing your team inevitably and developing your program right so what are the common reasons that you hear from coaches as to why they just haven't done it i think there's a a few things one is obviously i'm going to say obviously time but I would argue that spending minimum of a half hour per week on you, even if it takes away from your on-field coaching, is actually not a waste in any way. That, that is a, a, probably a better half hour spent than whatever you were doing on the field. But time is always there, resources there. I think the one that's maybe unspoken, however, is that I'm supposed to be all knowing and in control. And the idea that I'm going to acknowledge that I don't actually know this or that I need to work on this is a hurdle um, that the ego has to uh, and or just a belief that has to be um, yeah. broken down and let go of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And you mentioned, and you mentioned blind spots as well. Can you, uh, for some of our listeners, can you just briefly expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Well, simple, simple way to understand it is that we all have, um, what I would call or, or what is called habitual responses. So we don't even know that we respond or react certain ways when certain scenarios pop up. So I'll use the one that I was mentioning before. If you find that when someone questions why, that you get into a defensive 
posture, like, because I said so, or because I'm the leader, because, you know, whatever. Um, that would be your probable habitual reaction. I don't like you questioning me. And I don't like you questioning me is because I'm supposed to be the authority, not you. And, but if that's what you do every time, you don't even realize, right, that that's, that that's why I'm, I'm doing that. And so what, you know, so I might get it as if I'm working individually with a coach, what I might get is, you know, I don't like what my player, you know, kids these days, they want, they are always, you know, questioning me, you know, I didn't ever question my coaches. Well, first of all, you probably did. You may not have done it in practice, but you probably did it, at least in your head. But two is, I mean, aren't the greatest opportunities in teaching, let's talk about teachers, is when a student raises their hand, right? We want young people to ask questions. If they understand the why behind what we're doing, they are way more likely to commit. So in a great environment, we actually should want to be able to manage and getting asked questions. It's not necessarily that they're trying to steal authority or think that they are your peer. It's a way of learning. Um, but if my reactive mind, my habitual reactive mind says they're trying to, you know, take away me and my authority, um, you're, that's where you're going to go with that. And that's a blind spot. Yeah. You know, and, you know, obviously coaching is teaching, but I've often said teaching, right? Teaching begins when, when a student, you know, or student athlete, doesn't matter, um, asks a question, right? Because they're seeking, whether it be further information, but they're trying to get to the, they're trying to get to the why, right? They're trying to get to the why. It's very important. So yeah, it's so spot on, such a great point. Um, kind of, you mentioned something that I wanted to hit on. You talked about parenting and modeling, right? So that's kind of a great segue to next question I had for you is <coughs> parents, right? How can parents also, they play another big part in this as well. And being able to prepare, maybe identify stressors in their, you know, in their kids and how can they help? Um, so unbelievably important, unbelievably challenging. Um I get it. I'm a sport parent of, of three. So I, I'm on those sidelines. I'm in those moments as well, where either frustrated by a call or frustrated by, you know, um, a role being played at the moment or or just, you know, uncomfortable because I know my kid is uncomfortable. So I, I've been there. A couple things. One, first and foremost, is is that Look, it's super cool to think about our kids becoming pro athletes, the, you know, or even division one athlete and getting, um, you know, a free education. Um, percentages say that that's not what's going to happen. All right. Not that we can't pursue it. It's awesome to pursue as best as we possibly can. But that's probably not the end goal. If that's what you're looking for, that's probably not a smart end goal to look for. So what are the things that we're trying to teach and learn? So mentally, I have three core principles that I teach all of my teams, all of my individual, everybody, every client that I have. And this includes my pros. First one is to live and to play present. So anxiety, 
and stress live in the replay and the preplay, but they are not in the present moment. And I can explain that more deeply if we want, but the second one is I really try to focus on giving attention to what we have some control over. We focus way too much on outcome and not nearly enough on process and actions that are within our control. And then three, the detachment of judgment. So self-criticism is one type of judgment. Opinion of others is the other type of judgment. And then comparison, uh, which we say is the thief of joy, is yeah. the third. Yeah. And so if that makes sense for our athletes, <clears throat> shouldn't it also make sense for us as parents? Absolutely. And so, A, when we're showing up, can we be present? Most of the time when we're super stressed out about our kids, it's because we're thinking, oh, my God, if they don't win this or if they don't make this team or if they don't play this amount or if they don't score this many goals, that their life is going to be bad. No, it's not. Today's rough. <laughs> Today's a challenge. It doesn't mean anything to do with their life. All right. Two is what do they control? They actually don't control playing time. They don't control recognition. They don't control future scholarships. What they do control is their actions and their behaviors. So can we talk to them more about what actions lead to success, but yet without the need actually of success? Like these are good actions, even if you don't get the outcome that you want. And then finally, how do we quiet our own mind? It's okay to self-evaluate. It's horrible for us to be self-critical of ourselves. Uh, how do we let go a little bit of the judgment of others? Everybody's going to have an opinion. I don't control your opinion. I hope that you like my answers today. I hope that you enjoy this session with me, but I don't control your thoughts. So I have to let go of believing that I control you loving having me on here. And then it's not about me comparing to others. It's about me trying to run uh, my own race. And can I get as good as I can be? Can I become better than I was last season? Um, and so I can compare to me, but I don't need to compare to other people. So our language as parents should be lining up with those principles. Right. Often I will hear parents talking about, well, if you don't do this now, you're not going to play next season. You don't. You don't know that. Let's cross a bridge then. But we could talk about, hey, how are you training this summer? That's okay to talk about. What's your plan for how you're going to train? That's fine. But we don't know what's going to happen next season. So let's let's use language that talks about what's in their control, uh, that keep <clears throat> their minds present, because anxiety is going to come from the idea that we think we know what's going to happen in the future. We don't. And often when we think about the future, we ask a lot of what if questions, which are yeah. um, anxiety pr provoking questions. Yeah. Well, I just hope you, uh, you like my questions, right. Rather than me, uh, you <laughs> ho hoping, uh, I like your answers. Right. So no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, he is, uh, sports psychologist and performance coach as well as CEO and founder of well performance, Stu Singer. So, Stu, I had the privilege about, I think, what was it, six, seven months ago, maybe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I took part and I got to work with you directly along with a lot of great coaches, right. Of all, yeah, all different cool. levels, college, you know, college coaches, high school coaches, different sports took part in your, uh, my mindfulness challenge. And it was great. And for me, the timing was impeccable because I was just, I was just going into my season. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but, and, and it paid dividends just not just during my season, but to this date, right. But mindfulness, right. A lot of us hear about that, but we're not quite sure what that is. So maybe, or we have an idea, but maybe separating what it actually is versus an idea of it. What is it and why should it be practiced? Uh, most simple terms, it is the non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. So the non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. It, it's essentially training ourselves how to be completely here and now. And whatever's happening here and now is exactly, it's okay. Whatever we're experiencing, this is what's going on right now. It's full acceptance of this moment. It's a way of, uh, it's a practice and a way of being. So when we were doing the, the 21 day challenge, I asked you guys to do 10 minutes a day. Um, and the 10 minutes is a typically it's a single point of attention that we're trying to put all of our attention on where it's going to be there. And then all of a sudden distractions and thoughts right. going backwards and going forward, everything's yeah. going to happen. We become aware of it and we take that attention and we place it back on that single point of attention again. And that might happen honestly a hundred times during that 10 minutes. It's possible. And the goal is just, can I see it, accept it? And without getting angry, without getting frustrated, without saying I'm not good or this isn't good or anything else, can I just notice that and return my attention? So at the end of the day, in a very pragmatic way, it is the ability to build my capacity to pay attention on purpose. Can I choose where my attention goes? So think about in-game now. Referee, they call you off and you're like, no way I was off. I was through. Okay, I get it. But if you're stuck there and the anger of, and and by the way, coaches are just as guilty of this as the player. <laughs> yeah, we are. Sometimes worse. Yeah. Um, if you're stuck there, you are now in the past. So you're probably in a higher level of stress, anger, frustration, and you don't control it anyways. So you're no longer giving your attention to what matters, but you're now stuck in this thing that you can't control because now it's over anyways. And so that's a very pragmatic example of why that training then transfers. But I also said it's a way of being, right? It's a way of me and you right now committing to the idea that because this is what we're doing, this is where I'm going to be. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing later this afternoon. I'm not thinking about what I did earlier today. I'm not thinking about the pressures of next week and what I have to accomplish. I'm here with you answering your questions because this is where I am. This is the only thing that I can actually impact is, is here now. It's a way of being. It is meditation practice. And I, I'm 
way okay with acknowledging that it's meditation practice. However, if you're not okay with saying I meditate, you can use the phrase I do a mindset workout. You can say I do attention training because it is those things. So we can relabel it for sport. However, in its in its purest form, it is a meditation, meditation. practice. Yeah, yeah. So so where for whether it be parents or student athletes, I know I believe you still have the the do so app, right? And where can they get more information on that and maybe any upcoming uh, mindfulness challenges, coaches, anything? So um, both of my social media plat or both of mine, but but certainly my Twitter and my Instagram, where I do more of my social media posting. Well, it, I believe both of them have a, in the bio, so you could just link directly from. Uh, my Instagram or from my um, uh, from my Twitter. Um, I all of anything that I'm going to do, we'll, they're both at well performance um, or you can search my name. Uh, and everything that I'm going to do will always be found um, there. Awesome. Great. Great stuff. So how has kind of segueing here a little bit. Uh, how has your job and training methods changed uh, during and now that we're transitioning out of the pandemic? How how has that changed? You know, I was fortunate. I'd been working uh, through FaceTime, Zoom, going back to when uh, uh, what was the what was the other the original uh, Skype when Skype was yeah. kind of the original. I, I I've been using um, those platforms for years prior. So I didn't have to adjust much because I have clients, uh, all over the world. Um, and, and I even have some that I've never been in the same room with that we've worked together for years and yet we've never been in the same, same room. So that part wasn't super challenging for me. Here's what did change is the deepening of my commitment to why this stuff matters so much. I know for me personally, and I know for a lot of my clients, because I practice what I preach. So I do everything that I ask of anybody that I work with, I do literally every day. And because of that, I feel like my experience in dealing with the pandemic was not as bad as it would have been had I not done that or had I been like three months, six months in and be like, holy shit, what can I do? I don't like the way this feels. I don't like how I feel. What should I do? Because I was doing things every single day. There's a, a term called presilience that it, it's almost you're, 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 you're strengthening your ability to be resilient before you need to be mm. resilient. Because we will need to be resilient. Life will, I promise, as you know, at some point, you're going to need to be resilient. There's just, I don't care how perfectly planned you think your life is, something's going to happen. And so the idea is let's be proactive, let's be intentional, and let's be consistent long before we need things. And then when real adversity does hit, we already have something set up. So the, what, what I would say changed the most for me is how deeply committed I know that I am 
And I know how much it, it matters to those that I've worked with and how important it is. And it's why I'm such an advocate for all these things. Um, I don't look at any of my clients ever as you have anything that what I would call a weakness. I think you are normal. And I think you're smart if you decide to train in every aspect of performance, right? We have the technical, the tactical, the physiological, and the psychological. Right. Everybody's committed, if they're at all caring about becoming better, to the technical, the tactical, and the physiological. Where we sometimes fall short, although admit that it's super important, is our training of the psychological. Not, I acknowledge it, but actually doing things on a consistent basis. And so that, for me... Uh, is is what changed or what was solidified during the pandemic mm -hmm. coming out of it and oftentimes because it's the one it's the one that you clearly can't point to or can clearly see right hard so, to measure yeah really hard to exactly. measure but exactly. we feel it we know when we have it right. and we know when we don't that's for sure absolutely so so we start transitioning here towards our next segment Stu. Tell us, I know you have an upcoming event with Cutting, cutting Edge Coaching, some, the, their summer coaching series. Uh, briefly, tell us a little bit about that. Where can we get more info on that? Uh, it's a wonderful series. Beyond my session, which is next, this, this upcoming Wednesday, a bunch of great coaches and thought leaders and, and summer psychologists as well. Um, it, my session in particular is for coaches, actually, and I think it would also probably make a heck of a lot of sense for for parents as well. But the idea was that I've been thinking a lot about this over the last probably couple of years. And it was like, well, what what am I seeing out there to make my job most effective when I work with a team, collegiate team, whatever, wherever I'm, I might be working? What matters the most and what matters the most is actually the environment that the athletes are in. So if the environment is good, then I can work with the individual athlete and say, let's go from wherever you are right now to great. If the environment isn't very healthy, then really what I'm doing with the athletes is just keeping them afloat for another week. It's hard to take them from whatever they're capable of and, and go forward because they're actually actively just trying to survive the environment that they're in. Yeah. Why is the environment bad? Typically because, not because coaches don't care, coaches typically care greatly about their players' success and their development. It's often because of two things. One is they don't know better. They, they just never have been exposed to anything. The way they coach is exactly the way they were coached. Or they are not practicing good practices themselves. So they're not feeling particularly great. So they're bringing all their stress and pressures and anxieties from their world to the field. And my goal of that session is to talk about those things and, and see how, A, we can take care of ourselves better, but then B, how we implement those things so that now we're, we're taking care of those that we lead that much better as well. And to find it, uh, again, uh, at my Twitter, uh, at Well Performance, all the information can be found there and or go to uh, Cutting Edge Coaches, um, uh, their Twitter, and, and you'll find all the information. Okay. That's next Wednesday, you said, right? Wednesday, I believe, 1 p.m. Eastern. 
Got, got it. Got it. Awesome. He is uh, Stu Singer, CEO and founder of Well Performance and Sports Psychologist and Performance Coach. So, Stu, this has been great. We're going to bring you back for a second segment. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks, Hector. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local and face-to-face approach to area high school student athletes and their families if your son or daughter is serious about college athletics call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime college promoters usa the best investment a parent can make in their high school student athletes And we're back with sports psychologist and performance coach Stu Singer. Stu, so this is uh, uh, the moment of truth where we get to pick on Uh-oh. you a little bit, have some fun Uh-oh. with you. Let's see so. how I perform here. <laughs> All right, there you go. No, no judgment here. Don't worry. No judgment. <laughs> All right. So, first one: any superstitions or rituals? None. No. I don't believe in superstitions. I do believe in good preparation, however, but I am flexible with it. So um, that, that would be my answer. Okay, good. All right. Last song you downloaded. Oh, you're going to laugh at this. I believe it was uh, The Devil is a Lie by Rick Ross. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, what spurred that on? Was it just you had that you, you needed to hear that in the moment or when? uh my daughter and i this is terrible you now i'm gonna like show you the, the you you asked me on the spot i'm giving you honest answers man. hey that's what we want uh, that's what we're about here uh she we we somehow stumbled upon it i think my son actually may have my my son's a little bit older uh and he shared it with with me we listened to it uh with my i listened to it with my daughter and she wanted to listen to it on before a game because it pumps her up so i downloaded it and we listen nice. to it. There you go. All right. Good. No, no judgment here. Right. So, yeah. All right. Morning person or night owl? Which one are you? Oh, my goodness. I am a massive morning person. I'm a, I, I get up 530 almost every single day and do my do my routines. Um, uh, yeah. Pound it out. Probably before 7 a.m. I'm done with mindfulness. I'm done with some breathing work. I'm done with some exercise and I'm already I'm up ready to get my daughter breakfast. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That, you know, I, I can tell you when I went through that mindfulness challenge, that afternoon evening stuff was a no go for me. I learned that really quick. It's uh, hard, right? I had to do it in the morning because the amount of just the day and the things in your head, it was next to impossible. So yeah. I, and I, you I, probably I, remember me sending you guys messages probably relatively early in the morning. Cause mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, I sent the messages to the group right after I, I did my own session. Yeah. yeah. And because you're an hour ahead, I was getting them like at 4am. I know. I feel bad. I hope I didn't wake you up. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, emoji or gif guy, which one are you? Are you one or the other both? Which one? I'm going to go gif. Yeah. I like, okay. I like to, to nail the, the right video for the way I'm like the right. Yeah. I like that. What's the go-to the one you find yourself using the most? Is there? Oh man, that you, that you can share. I know some probably would not be appropriate. What's the one I go for the most? That's a great question. I don't know what if I have. I don't know if I have a single go-to gift. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Last book you read or one that you're currently reading? <clears throat> um, I have I have two, three that I would say actually that I'm uh, nonstop just kind of keeping next to my desk. Literally, they're right here is uh, Peak Mind by Dr. Amishi Jha, a neurobehavioral scientist from University of Miami. Uh, if you're a coach or a parent and you really want to know what's going on inside of our brains uh, under stress and pressure, it is phenomenal. Um, Fear Less by Dr. Pippa Grange, who is was at least the sports psychologist for um, both the uh, men's and women's English national teams. And um, The Practice of Groundedness uh, by Brad Stolberg. Um, man, if you want to get a really good grip on your own mind and good practices, read these three books. They're all three are super solid and none of them are paying me for these plugs at the moment. They should be because I discuss a lot. There you go. All right. So thank you for sharing that one for you. All right. So we'll test. Uh, we know you dip in the a uh, little bit in the soccer world. So we'll test your yes. soccer IQ here a little bit. So uh -oh. one of these is not a soccer player. Okay. Sir, Sir Gino Dest, Trent Alexander-Arnold or Lewis Hamilton, which is not a soccer Lewis player. Hamilton. Come on. There you go. There you go. Hey, I thought I might make that. I thought that might be. That was pretty good, though. That's good. All right. Good. Next one. Favorite, favorite childhood TV show and current favorite TV show. Wow. Favorite childhood TV show. I'm going to go with Cheers. Okay. Um, and... Uh, what's my favorite show now? I'm going to go with, uh, Netflix and I've been way into, uh, Ozark recently. So I'm going to go with Ozark at the moment. Okay. Where are you at? Are you on those, uh, those last set of final episodes? Where are you at on that? I'm in season four, but I'm not till the end. So don't say a word to me. Oh, I'm not, I haven't even started it. So, yeah. oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've started the series, but just not the final season. Oh, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Awesome. One thing I'm going to put you on the spot here. One thing you'd change in your field, if you could, if you were, you're the czar, right? You mm. the end all be all. One thing you'd change in your field effective immediately. I'm going to break the rule and I'm going to give you two that I would okay. change. The you first better. thing that I would change is, uh, and, and we, we are definitely doing a better job of it. it. It's becoming better is we really have to figure out a way to filter out folks who actually aren't trained in the field, but just say that they are a mental performance coach because really a lot of people say they are and they have no real training. They read a good book. So they may have read the three books that I just mentioned and say now they're uh, a mental performance coach and then they're not and they're not. It's not good, honestly, for the mm -hmm. for the field and for the profession and ultimately many times for the people that they're that they're training. Right. So one, I would do that. The other one I would do is is just this, is that I feel like we have to do better as professionals of making this something that is 
so accessible and so like get rid of jargon don't make this bigger than what it needs to be um put everything that you do in in language that's easily digestible and then uh maybe most importantly that it's easily applicable to their the sport so that come on like let it doesn't matter how smart we sound it really matters how much they can use it and um those would be my two things that i would change good good stuff strangest thing in your refrigerator right now uh we are as a family we went plant-based and vegan so it would have to be some kind of vegan uh like substitute meat somewhere in there which by the way is pretty good so don't knock it till you try it but i'd still say some people might call it weird okay (laughs) all right bucket list destination place you want to go or you and the family before it's a wrap oh my goodness uh my Son is a freshman in college and went to uh, Australia for some reason to go to right. college. And we let him do that. For That's probably the bigger question. I know why he wanted to do it, but why we let him do it, I have no idea. Uh, he's there. I would say that that's, uh, that is probably the bucket list. And, and it's going to happen because we're going to go see him while he's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place I want place I want to get to also. They're in New Zealand, actually. Yep. Yeah, both, both are both just yeah. extraordinary right. and beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, last one. That's one we got for you, Stu. So on a scale of one to ten, I'm going to put you on the spot here again. All right. So scale of one to 10. All right. One being God awful, a 10 being just superior, very safe minded scale of one to 10. How good of a driver are you? I'm excellent. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a good, I'm a good driver. My kids even definitely would support this they my wife is by far the the uh when they say like who runs the house they don't have a question they know it's her that you know who's the boss you know it's her if there's anything has to be approved it goes through her but when it comes to driving they definitely want me driving so i'm gonna say i'm a very good driver nice awesome (laughs) i think we might have to have a follow-up episode with one of them on that can confirm that i don't know i promise you it will be confirmed (laughs) it will be confirmed all right he is Stu singer ceo and founder of well performance sports psychologist and performance coach Stu, this has been uh this has been awesome have loved having you on have loved you know obviously you know we've had a good working relationship and rapport that's already been built. And so to be able to have someone of your caliber on our, you know, on the podcast, on our show, we're grateful for that. We're humbled by that. And uh, on our way out as customary, one of the things that we do, we like to wrap up with kind of final thoughts. Thank you. Shout outs, whatever. We just call it final thoughts. Uh, But you, as our guest, we give you the first go. Any, any final thoughts you'd like to share? Well, first of all, let me just say thank you so much. I also follow what you put out. And, you know, I I know when there are uh, leaders and coaches that are are in it for the right reasons. And you are one of those people. And I can't commend you enough for for doing your work the way you do it. So first and foremost, I'm going to say thank Thank you you. back and thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, I mean. I, I, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm very biased, but, but 
we all should be taking time, especially in the world that we are in right now. It is chaotic. It is challenging. It is distracting. Right. We should all be taking time to tend to our mental wellness. It does not mean therapy, although it can mean therapy. I have no issue. I support like heck anybody that wants to pursue that. But it can just be the, the, the well practices that I've some of the, that I've mentioned and others that are out there that just put us in a good spot because without our, our mental wellness, everything else is going to, uh, is going to suffer a little bit and, and life's too short to, to mm -hmm. waste and, and to not have great days. So, um, so I, I would just urge everybody that's listening, invest some time. It, it is so worth it. Uh, you'll be so happy that you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And in, in, in keeping with our topic, you know, my, uh, my final thoughts for uh, for today is, and I don't want to end it on a downer by any means, but I think it's one of those things that needs to be acknowledged. Is the um, the the really putting this at the forefront and the making it a point to be there for others, check in with others. You know, we talk the mental health piece, and you know, we talk about the the not too long ago uh, tragic events that took place also with uh, Stanford goalkeeper Katie Meyer. Uh, and she's not the only one. So the mental health of of our of everyone, right? Whether it's whether you're a student athlete, whether you're a coach, an administrator, doesn't matter. But but checking in, being there for someone, and often knowing that um, more than if they say, "Hey, I asked them, hey, how are you doing?" And no, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm okay. But what are their what are their actions maybe showing you? Um, what are, you know, what's, are you seeing changes? Just being tuned in, dialed in, be there for someone, be available. Uh, as a coach, high school coaches, college coaches, uh, I'd love to be a resource for you all. If you ever need to have that talk, you know, please don't hesitate to, uh, to reach out. I'd love to be there for you all. Because at the end of the day, if we're here for the student athletes, we're here to grow the game and we're here to elevate it, the, the only way that's going to happen is if we're of sound, right, sound mind, sound body, sound spirit. So, yeah. So just wanted to put that out there. If you ever need help, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Consider me a resource and I'd love to love to help you out in any way that I can. So um, can I be back on that for one second? First yeah, of all, absolutely, absolutely. unbelievably uh, important and accurate message. And for anybody that's listening, say like, I don't you know, as a coach, I don't know what to say or do. Here's the deal. It's not this is all you need to do is hold space. That's it. You just need to be able to hold space for somebody and let them talk. Sometimes that's it. Let them know that I'm, I don't, I don't know if I have any answers for you. I don't know if I personally can help you. I'm just going to hold space and allow you to, to get off your chest, what you need to do. That's it. And then from there you can decide, you know, where you want to direct it. So it doesn't need to be amazing. You don't need to be a, a special, you know, any kind of deep specialization in anything. You just need to know, uh, can I be, uh, willing to listen. And that's, mm -hmm. that's powerful. So, uh, appreciate you yeah. bringing that up for sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Stu. Appreciate that. And one more time, give us that plug for upcoming event with cutting edge coaching. Your summer coaching series will be next Wednesday. You said June 15th, 1 PM Eastern. Is that right? Correct. 1 PM Eastern. I will be talking basically directly to, to coaches, but, um, but I, I would think that some parents might also really find it to be good information for them as well. Yeah. Okay. 
Awesome. Have loved having you on here again. Thank you for your time, Stu. We appreciate it. Uh, student athletes, parents, coaches, this is a very, this is a topic that needs to continue to be pushed at the forefront and it's not going anywhere. And uh, we've evolved in it, evolved in it significantly, but uh, your support is definitely uh, appreciated in this as well. So thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to our supporters. Uh, we did recently, we had a plug uh, on Twitter, had a post out there, uh, our new host, our new uh, podcast host in Podbean, we recently hit hit a thousand uh, thousand downloads with them in less than two months. And as I was explaining to Stu earlier, we also mentioned on there that somehow, despite all my efforts, somehow we've managed to be listened to now in 38 countries and 23 states. So appreciate you all so much. I cannot thank you enough. Podcast team cannot thank you enough. It's part of the reason how we can get great guests such as Stu. So to our listeners, thank you again so much. You're why we do it. We appreciate you. And you know what to do until the next time. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast until the next time. Keep downloading and keep listening.